here. And now there are that have a different physics as well from really well. See everyone eating chum. It wasn't that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to be instead of chum. There's a, a famous shul in uh, Yerushalayim called Zichron Moshe, Zichron Moshe Shtibalach, um, where you could find minyanim at all times of day and night. Came out for all tefillas at all times of day and night. Um, you know, many cities are used to having a mincha but in Zechariah you could have a shachar's mincha um, So uh, don't get it confused. Um, so in Zechariah, in, in addition to having tefillas all around the clock, they also have on Friday night after the suda, a lot of Yushalmi's come out and hear drushes from very chashiva speakers. My father, as many of you know, is very close to Rosham Shadran, the Maggid of Yushalayim, and every Friday night. He used to speak in Zichron Maisha, hundreds of people after the Suda came out and would listen to him. But before him, there was someone who Rabbi Shleimah Zalman Arbach, who was the brother-in-law, incidentally, of Rabbi Shalom Shadran, he writes that when he was a child, he used to go here every Friday night in the Zichron Maisha Shtibalach, Rabbi Yosef Tzvi Salam. Rabbi Yosef Tzvi Salam, he was a Yushalmi Darshan, and he had pearls of wisdom every Friday night, usually Parsha related, and Rav Zalman said he has fond memories, probably with a little challenge as well, coming to hear and there's a safer today, a two-volume set that I am not here to, uh, to you know, publicize and advertise uh, Svarim, but anyone who has a chance to get a two-volume set called Be'er Yosef, it's one of my favorite Svarim on Chumash, and I want to share a Be'er Yosef in Parsha's Ve'era that I think is very insightful and helpful Bukhlaw in life. Is there a Chumash in the room? I'm sorry, I should have asked for it. Um, thank you very much. So in Vaira, in the very beginning, we know from the four cups of wine that there are four Lashainas of Gulo, but the Pasik says a very interesting thing. It says, Hashem says, I will take you out. I will take you out from the burden of Mitzrayim. But that word Sivlois is written without above. Samach Veiz Lamed It's written Chaser without above. And the next Pasuk says, after all the four Lashainas of Gula are finished, it says, Vidatem, and then after you are free, you will know, Ki Ani Hashem that I am Hashem, your God. It says again, the same expression, I am Hashem that has taken you out from the burdens of Mitzrayim. And there, it says it with above. So the Be'er Yosef asks, and he probably asked this in Zuchar Moshe one Friday night, why does it have to say it twice? I'm going to take you out from the civilized Mitzrayim. And then, I'll take you as a nation. And then you'll know, you'll know, that I took you out from the civilized Mitzrayim and spelled differently with above. What's the pshat that has to say it twice? And the first time with that above, the second time with above. So he says something that when I saw this, it, my Leil HaSeder, Pesach, uh, was very enhanced when I was able to give this over. And I hope to share that uh, chizuk 
that we could, if you could remember for a few months, including an extra adder to, uh, to say this over Pesach night, and that is that the Shibur in Mitzrayim was really twofold. We always picture the hard work, the shoveling and the digging and the schlepping. That is definitely a very difficult Shibur for 210 years. That's what's called a Shibur HaGuf, physical Shibur, physical servitude, slaver, slavery. Um, but then, says the Bar Yosef, there was something that was much more profound, and that was called a Shibur HaNefesh. And that means that we were in Egypt and we were learning from the ideals of the Mitzrayim. And for 210 years, we lived and our neighbors were the Mitzrayim. And we saw what they did and we saw how they spent time and what their family life looked like and what their business life looked like. And we became Egyptians. It was hard to tell the difference. We did keep our Jewish names and our Jewish language. But at the same time, we became part of the Mitzri culture to a certain extent. And that Shibur HaNefesh was much more devastating than the Shibur HaGuf. The Shibur HaGuf, at one point, Hashem could bring you out, and now you don't have to use your shovels anymore. But a Shibur HaNefesh has to be uprooted. That's very difficult. So the Be'er Yosef says, when Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, we didn't even realize the magnitude of what he did. Yeah, he took us out of Mitzrayim. So you're going to know at that point, I will take you out, Mitacha Sivlois Mitzrayim, Chaser, meaning only one aspect of the seva, of the hard work. We're going to realize, wow, we don't have to go tomorrow morning at six in the morning to go do the hard labor. We're free now. That you'll know. But only after I take you out of Mitzrayim and I redeem you and I give you Matan Torah, I take you for a nation, and then you'll know, I am Hashem, your God, that has taken you out, you'll know that I did two things for you you'll realize I not only took you out from hard, back-breaking labor, but I took you out from that Shibur HaNefesh. And the reason that I said it enhanced my Pesach is because I believe that this is such a powerful insight to give over to the Mishpacha, that it's not just about you picture some slave and he's doing hard work and now he's free. Okay, that makes a person happy. A child, it's very hard to picture that hard uh, slavery. It's hard enough to get them to do the dishes, but to, to, to picture hard slavery, fine. So, you know, and then we, we went out from slavery. But this is a mindset that really you understand what's going on. We lived as almost like a whole different type of nation. And then Hashem took us out and we couldn't even appreciate it in the beginning. But then eventually we appreciated it. That's something that I think puts into perspective the Yetzirah Mitzrayim. Many years ago, I had the schus to be very close to Yisrael Belsky's Atzal. He was a Rebbe of mine. I never learned in Tar Vadas, but I was in Camp Aguda for 11 summers. And um, I was very close to him in his a program that he had in camp. And I know all his Torah and all the summer parashiyas today spent 11 summers in camp. But the winter parashiyas, it's like uh, hard to get his stuff because I, I wasn't in yeshiva with him throughout the year. But I remember one year as a bacher learning in Eretz Yisrael, Rebelski came to visit and I heard he was making a lot of malcolm in someone's house and I went there and it must have been Matzai Shabbos parashas Vaira unless it was Matzai Shabbos Shemais and he decided to start talking about the next week's parasha. But he said, something in his uh, very memorable way. He said, you know, there was once a group of chickens that were doing what chickens do. They were on a farm and they were pecking at the pebbles. And then an eagle came in and an eagle flew in and he saw all the chickens pecking away at the pebbles. So, you know, he didn't know he was an eagle. He saw that that's what everyone was doing. So he started also pecking away. The farmer looked at this eagle and said, wow, it's an interesting looking chicken. And, you know, and, uh, and he did what all the chickens did. And then some piquet, some smart man came by and said to the eagle, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm doing what everyone else is doing. 
He said, but they're chickens. He said, and what am I? He said, what are you? You're an eagle. So he said, okay, what does that mean? So no, not Philadelphia. No. Um, so he, I said, you're an eagle. So, so he said, so what does that mean? He said, what does that mean? That means you can soar the heavens and you can fly from place to place. You don't have to spend your life pecking away at these uh, pebbles. And sure enough, he gave it a try and he started flying. And oh my gosh, if not for this guy, he would have stayed there for the next 70 or 120 years, however long he holds it. And uh, been pecking away at, at these pebbles like the chickens. And here, somebody told him the secret that he's an eagle. Rabelsky said, that was Yitzhiya's time. Hashem told Moshe, tell the Yidin, you're free people. You're going to get to Tyre and Arsinai. They didn't listen to Maisha. Shortness of breath and hard work. So it's very strange, right? Maisha saying, stop working. And they couldn't listen to Maisha. Why? Because they're too busy working. Maisha's like, you could stop. It's finished. Shivan time is over. Sorry, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm too busy working. But you don't have to work. So what's the chant? They didn't listen to Maisha Abenu? Because Maisha Abenu came and told them, if you stop working, you're an Am Hanifcha, you're a chosen nation. We're going to go to Matan Torah, we're going to have a Sinai. And they didn't understand the language. They said, we're pecking here at pebbles. And what, what, what are we doing? He said, from the shortness of Ruchnius, of any spirituality, there's nothing. They couldn't understand it. So you know what Meshav did? You ever wonder throughout this parasha, it always talks about this holiday that they're going to have for three days. We're going to go three days in the Midbar. We're going to celebrate a holiday. What was this old trick? The trick parah? There was no holiday. There was no three days and then come back. What was the three days? The idea was that Moshe Bain wanted to just pull them out of Mitzrayim. Just come out for three days so you can understand me. We'll talk about lofty goals and Ruchnius and Kabbalah, Satyra, Mayim and Right now, they, they couldn't understand the language. Moshe Bain told them, you're eagles. You're going to go on high levels. You're going to come to Matan Torah. At that point, they couldn't hear it. You know why? Because they were only focused on the Sivlois, Kasser, on the, the Sevel HaGuf, the Shiva HaGuf. They didn't even realize that there was a Shiva HaNefesh going on. But then once Hashem took them out, once they were able to step back and see really what life is all about and becoming the nation of Hashem, then they appreciated that Hashem took them out, Sivlois, Malay, not just the Shiva HaGuf, but the Shiva HaNefesh. And then they were able to appreciate the Chayrus of Matan Torah. And I always think to myself, that even though we didn't experience Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim and Matan Torah ourselves, but every Shabbos we have a chance to step back. We're very busy throughout the week, holiday week, you know, sometimes the, the schedule is less, uh, less busy. In the workplace, we're able to join in the shul and yeshiva more often. But Shabbos is a weekly reminder where we step back from our busy schedule of the week and we spend a little more time davening, time with the family, singing Zemiris. Shabbos is that is where we step away from this world and we assess, how was my week? What did I accomplish? Did I learn enough this week? Did I daven with enough minyanim this week? Shabbos is a time to step back. And when we step back, then we can speak the language of Hashem. We can understand that we have more in this world than our guf. We have our nefesh. We have goals, lofty goals. My father once said over, if you read it somewhere, that, you know what? Um, Oh, he said, uh, a goal, get the expression, because the expression is not something you want to mess up. He said, what's the difference between a goal and a dream? He said, a goal is a dream with a deadline. A dream is like, one day I want to do this. One day, But a goal means that you have a dream, but I want to do that within a year. I want to accomplish something. So it's important in life when you step back and you realize that we can't just go through the motions just to make it through the day. And then I go to sleep at night and then tomorrow I just want to make it through the day. 
But if you step back, then you're able to make for yourself goals to see what I want to accomplish the next week, what I want to accomplish the next man, what I want to accomplish in the next tekufa, any period of time. And that not only is the essence of Shabbos, really this year we know we're living through the year of Shemitah. And Shemitah, we think, is for Eretz Yisrael, for farmers. Shemitah is for everyone to get the lesson of Shemitah. The Shemitah is that you're supposed to be batal me'avaydas adama. You don't work the land in order, says the Sifarno Yimpashas Pahar, in order that we should be focused that we focused on things closer to Hashem. I was to be in Eretz Yisrael 21 years ago. It was the Shemitah year, Tavshin Samach Aleph, 2001. And we decided to take our kids to a Shemitah farm, just to show them what the Shemitah is. I only had a few little kids then. And we uh, took them about an hour outside of Yishalayim, and this Moroccan farmer put up signs somewhere and you know, made itself public, made himself public that you could come to my farm and watch how everything is getting ruined and we're not planting it at all. Uh, before Karen Hashvias, you know, took care of everything. So um, he, uh, he said, everyone's welcome to come and everything's after, whatever you find, figs, you know, just come take it, bring enough bags to take as much apples for apple kugel and apple strudel and apple, everything you want. So we went there, we forgot to bring bags, but he provided for us. But uh, we went there and it was an unbelievable chizel. I saw this Moroccan farmer, his big yarmulke, and I said to him, like, what do you normally do throughout the day, these expansive fields? And he says, well, you wake up early and you have to plow, you have to pick, you have to harvest, you know, all say this rum that we say, yeah, when you're a farmer, you'll understand what this means. You know, he lived through it, the whole thing, my Rishan, my Shani, and he lived through everything. So I said, can I ask you a personal question? What, what are you, how are you keeping busy this year? You know, do they, they get internet on this farm? Like, what, what are you doing this year without having any work to do? He looked at me like I fell off a planet. He said, this year is my favorite year. I get to go three minyanim. I could go, I can never go to a minion every day after visit with the farm. I go three minyanim, I go to Shirim from the Rav. I go to this and he, and he started telling me his Seder Alimut in Paris, my Kylo guys. Like what, what, he was saying, this is the year, this is what I wait for. For six years, I, I daven. The seventh year is, is my favorite year. And I saw that this was a, a, a farmer, although he looked simple, but understood the message of Shemitah. That I think is important if we come to a Shabbos, Shabbos of Chizuk, and in the year of Shemitah, and the Pashas Ba'era, if we could take this to heart and think a little bit, not just tonight, but over the weekend, and Bechlau, moving further, to realize that there's more to life than our guf, and as much as we have to do so many things with our goof. We have to keep our goof healthy and we have to support our families. We have so many things that we have to do, but we're not the chickens that our whole life's mission is just to peck away at the pebbles. We're like eagles that can soar and grow in high madregas. And our job is to make goals, not just to have dreams, but to make goals. How are we going to do that? How I can get an extra chavrusa and squeeze it in? How can I fit into my schedule to dive in a tefillah that's even more than I'm doing now? And whatever we do, every step that we take is a step in the right direction. That is that is the Kabbalah Satayra. Everyone should be zaychet to see the fulfillment of all their dreams, the fulfillment of goals, and we get closer to Hashem and give an achas to Hashem throughout our lives.